Welcome to Intuitive Eating for Christian Women. I'm your co-host, Erin Todd. I'm a writer and an intuitive eater. And I'm your co-host, Charlie Castle, registered dietitian and exercise physiologist. We're here to help you discover whole health for your mind, body, and soul. That's right. Our goal is to embody scripture, ditch dieting, and live on purpose. Woo! Woo! Yes, girl. Hey, Char. Hey, Erin. Did you know that you could join our amazing membership community for just $1? We're giving away the membership for $1? $1 for your first month, and you get access to the entire membership for the whole 30 days with all of our amazing content. I don't know how you could pass that up. Yeah, $1. That's pretty phenomenal. That's a great deal. I mean, you can't even buy a cup of coffee for a dollar. You can't buy anything for a dollar. You cannot buy anything (laughs) for a dollar. Except our amazing membership for one month. You've got to try it. It's only a dollar. And then you get to link arms with other women that are walking out this intuitive eating journey with Jesus. You get to learn from them. You get to help them, come alongside them, and check out tons of content that's going to support you on this journey. So, yes, it's only a dollar, and it is so worth it. Today, our guest is Kristen Williams, founder of Wonderfully Made Nutrition Counseling, and she is sharing her testimony with us about walking through her own eating disorder recovery to becoming a Christ-centered dietitian. In her practice, Kristen discusses biblical truths in the area of food and body image for individuals who want to incorporate faith into the treatment process. Kristen is the author of the book, Unworthy Weight. Reclaiming Your Worth from a Number on the Scale, and Finding True Identity in Christ. And she is the founder of In His Image, which is an annual body image conference for teen girls and women. Kristen and her husband, Jay, live in Corsicana, Texas, just south of Dallas, on 12 acres with their three small children, two dogs, two donkeys, and a farm pig named Poppet. Before we get into our conversation with Kristen, as a reminder for all of our podcast episodes, This program is for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Our aim is to introduce you to the principles of intuitive eating and help you see how those principles align with scripture so you can improve your relationship with food, your body, and God and cast out dieting for good. Hey, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So can you tell us whatever comes first? Go back to the beginning, God's story or food story. Let's hear what he's been up to with with Kristen Williams. Yeah. So I'll start with food first and then kind of incorporate God in. Um, My story with food and body image started, I think the earliest I remember is around third grade. And I say that because I specifically remember these swim shorts I would wear over my swimsuit. They were green and blue. And I remember that the reason that I wore them is because I was self-conscious about my body. And I was comparing myself to friends 
And um, that's the earliest memory I have of struggling with my body. And that is a story that continued uh, into middle school where I developed an eating disorder. And I think it's interesting how a lot of people think that, you know, if someone has a restricting or I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa, they think that if weight restoration needs to be happened, that like that means you're recovered. And I think it's such an unfortunate misconception um, because I was so far from recovered. And so my story took me into high school and college, struggling with overeating, feeling very out of control with food, being in kind of the diet cycle, pursuing a nutrition degree, but feeling like the biggest fraud ever staring at the girls next to me that are eating, you know, carrot sticks during the lecture. And I'm just like, I don't belong here because I was trying to figure out my own stuff. And I thought that a degree in nutrition could help. And um, so, yeah, I, uh, God worked on my heart. I knew I wanted to pursue eating disorders from the get-go. And uh, I went to Texas A&M, Gigam Aggies, to, to pursue that. And as I mentioned, continued to wrestle while I pursued it, um, but felt very self-set free in my early 20s and um, have been in the field of eating disorders for a while now and love it and knew that I wanted to do a Christ-centered approach. And so I've just, through my own story and now my professional experience, he's taught me so, so much and uh, especially about how, how there's really a need for this, there's really a need to set captives free. Mm, that's so good, Kristen. So, okay, you said continued to wrestle as you pursue. And so I'm wondering, how long can we expect to wrestle if we've if we've ever wrestled before? What what would you say? Are you still wrestling with this? That's a hard question, Erin. My goodness. Um, uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That's a really good question. And I think, you know, and kind of what I tell clients is, I don't know. I've seen women set free. Uh, I, I feel myself that I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing tons of freedom in this area. And I think that's why I'm able to do the work that I do because I've, I've done my own personal work. Um, but we're also broken people. Mm-hmm. living in a broken world. And I'm aware, very much aware of that. <laughs> and I, I tell my clients, you know, none of us are immune from diet culture, whether you're a mental health professional, a diet, you know, a dietitian that's in the field, a therapist in the field, um, leading a podcast, we all have bodies. <laughs> so mm-hmm. none of us are immune to it. But I think that's where the encouraging part of being a Christ follower comes in. Because the question becomes, how do I wrestle well? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not immune from this. I'm, I still hear the commercials just like everybody else. And every once in a while it gets me. You know, I still put on the swimsuit just like everyone else. And every once in a while it gets me. Um, but how do we wrestle well? And, and what I mean by that is a way that pe- in a way that people will say, wow, there's something different about her. Like, this is still a concern. This is an issue. It's part of her story. But there is something different about her. And and they see the way that we wrestle, the way that the church wrestles with this issue. And they're able to see really the truth of Christ through it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know how you met Jesus. 
It's a good question too. Um, y'all, y'all aren't new to this. Y'all have been doing this for a while. I can tell. Uh, <laughs> so I would say the church answer would be that I grew up in the church, grew up in a Christian home because all of those things are true. But a really pivotal point in my life was, and keep in mind, I was very involved in the church, but a pivotal point in my life was when I went to college because that's where I really kind of got the wake up call of like, okay, your parents are not expecting you to show up on Sunday morning. You know, they're not going to wonder why you're not at youth group on Wednesday night. Like, are, are you going to do this or not? And not in a legalistic way. But like, is this your faith or is this your parents' faith that you've kind of been riding on the coattails of? And honestly, college was a really confusing time for me. I saw a lot going on um, with within the church and kind of within the Christian community that confused me of like what's following Christ and what isn't. And um, and so parts of it were lonely, even though I was surrounded by people. And I just feel like that's really when my faith grew of like, yes, I, I want to follow you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've kind of spent my life following him since. Yeah. Yeah. When I really want to know when your walk with the Lord and your struggle with disordered eating, eating disorder intersected. Did you keep them separate for a while? Did you always know that he cared about that part of your life? What did that look like for you? Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm going to say it kind of weaved in and out and I'll explain. So I remember very vividly when I was diagnosed with my eating disorder, um, there was like a teenage Christian magazine at the time. I can't remember what it was called, but you know, those were a thing. Uh, and my mom and I were doing Bible studies out of them together, um, specific to like, what does God's word have to say about beauty? So I remember her intentionality and incorporating that in, um, my dietitian at the time was a believer. She's actually my therapist now. So we've (laughs) kind of switched roles, but we, we connected like, oh my gosh, like 20 years later. And, um, she's actually who I, um, uh, what's the word dedicated the book to. But um, so then when I knew I wanted to pursue a degree in nutrition, I knew before I even did my dietetic internship, my ultimate goal was to have a Christ-centered private practice. So I knew I wanted God a part of it. Um, I knew I wanted him the center of it, but I don't know that I had figured out how to do that in my own life at that point of like my food and my body and you know, stewarding my body. I think I knew I wanted it integrated, but wasn't quite sure how. And so it's been a learning, growing sanctification process. And I just like love it so much. Oh, I want like, I want all the details. Like what, what did this look like? I I just, woo, I get really excited. Like you were going <laughs> to school to be a dietitian, you are struggling with imposter syndrome, (laughs) right? Or feeling like, oh, I'm a mess. What am I doing here? And your relationship with the Lord is growing. You were discovering your own faith and you knew, you knew that the Lord wanted to be a part of every part of your life. And, and so and that was your goal to have this faith-based mm-hmm. practice as a dietitian. Like, 
what did it look like as it was getting integrated? How did it start applying? So I have to be honest, I've never thought about this at all until you're asking me this question. And uh, so all this is like just off the cuffs. But um, it's interesting because, I mean, I remember applying for my internship and you have to write, you know, your personal statement. And I was like, I want to have a Christ-centered private practice for eating disorders. And all of the feedback I got from everyone who read it before I submitted it, they were like, it's too narrow-minded. Take a little bit of Jesus out. Take a little bit of eating disorders out. You're never going to get accepted to a program if you sound this narrow-minded. And I remember thinking, but that's what I want to do. <laughs> like, what? Like, well, that's what I want to do. How do I change that? And even in college, so before that, I remember thinking, I want to follow Jesus. He's such, I want to say like such an important part of my life, but like he is my life. Mm-hmm. And I want to help people with eating disorders, but I was still in the diet mentality. Like I didn't even know what any of this was. And I know y'all probably have these conversations before I have them all the time with other dietitians that are like, pursuing a degree in nutrition is not a super helpful thing to do when you don't know what like your relationship with like what the heck is going on with your own food struggle because you know for a lot of it internships too it's being reinforced this diet culture idea this good versus bad it's all being reinforced so i'm thinking i love jesus i want to you know work with eating disorders And I'm just like in the thick of it because I don't know something else exists out there. Mm -hmm. And so, gosh, I don't know really when that changed. I worked in kind of a traditional hospital setting, went to outpatient and was able, I think that's really when it it started happening when I transitioned to outpatient work. Mm -hmm. And I started going to every single eating disorder networking opportunity, continuing education. I started seeking supervision from a mentor and just learning and reading and listening to all of the things. And I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. So, huh, I guess I'm going to now be a minority in the field because the people I've been working with, I don't know that they're down for this message just because they hadn't heard it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's when things really started to change for me. And, um, you know, even looking back, you, you learn better, you do better because now I'm like, Ooh, gosh, I was following Jesus then. But some of those stuff I said about food and body image, Ooh, I wish I could go back and, you know, take it back. Or, you know, there's just a lot of, I, I try not to, you know, beat myself up about it because I didn't know, but there are a lot of things I would have done differently because it was a slow process. And I think that as that happened, um, the two just started becoming more and more ingrained or intertwined, I guess I should say. Yeah. Integrated. I love, I love that word for that, how they really work together. So what do you think uh, when you started seeing it come together, like what were the um, intersections or integrations that really pop out as like the foundation for this? Like where do we see the most cohesive overlap with Christ-centered approach and eating disorders. Like where, where's the heart of that? Well, I, I didn't start marketing myself as a Christian dietitian necessarily. I just said, you know, I'm a dietitian. I work with eating disorders and 
I love Jesus. And I was, you know, I would share verses and things like that on social media and, and didn't shy away from talking about God, but didn't necessarily market myself. I mean, you could put two and two, and two together. My practice is called Wonderfully Made. But um, I started realizing that there was a need. People were calling our practice saying, we are looking for a Christian dietitian. I thought, oh, wow, this is actually something people are quite literally hungry for. And, um, and so I realized that it was more and more of a need. And I think that part of the reward of being able to integrate, you know, our faith in Christ with this work is it all boils down to identity, our worth and our identity and our purpose. And we are looking to like every place, but the throne of God, myself included to, to give us that sense of worth and identity. And I was just seeing it misplaced in the lives of so many people. You know, let me find my worth in my pant size. Or if I lose weight and the scale goes down to this number, then I'll finally know who I am. And as y'all know, it's an exhausting pursuit. And so being able to really point people to like Jesus and saying, no, we've got it all wrong. And, you know, the diet is not, the diet's not our savior. (laughs) We've we've got this all wrong. And I was even sharing on Instagram a verse the other day about like Jesus saying, I don't have it memorized, so I apologize, but him saying something about like, you know, I'm the spring of living water, but then you keep going back to the cistern. And so I'm like, well, what is a cistern? And basically it holds like, like toilet water, like gross fluids, (laughs) And I'm like, okay, he's saying he's a spring of living water, like fresh, refreshing, uh, you know, cold, all of the life giving. And we're literally like, I'd rather have toilet water. That sounds more appetizing to me. Myself, again, myself included, but um, it just was so convicting. And so I really feel passionate about helping individuals to reclaim their worth and identity from diet culture and to place it back in its rightful place, which is really the the foot of the cross. Yeah, that's so good, Kristen. I'm so glad you you said it like that. Um, that was powerful. That was beautiful. Thank you. And I knew you were going to go there with identity because that's totally what it is. I'm so um, I'm so glad we can emphasize that this conversation today. And it just it, I have to <laughs> because of the identity reference. I have to just shout out one of my favorite chapter titles in your book, Unworthy Weight, uh, BMI, but my identity. Because I think that really highlights here what we're talking about and how culture gets it wrong and how Jesus is the answer to that. So can you um, give a little sneak peek into, um, tell us about your book, Unworthy Weight, and then a little bit about uh, just unpacking that concept of BMI, but my identity. Yeah. Um, so my book, Unworthy Way, it's reclaiming your worth from a number on the scale and finding true identity in Christ. It it's really written as as you probably know, Aaron, in like short essay style. So it's very easy to um to get through the chapters quickly because they're very short and they don't necessarily build off of one another. You could literally read out of order. I put them in the order for a reason, but you could read out of order. Um, and so they're just snippets of stories, whether they're personal stories or um, stories from professional experience. But I made it very clear in the book 
This is not a how-to or a self-help. I think there are so many great resources that are, and this is practical advice. You know, this is how to do it. Um, Mine was just, let me share my story with you and let me put some truths in there. Get you maybe thinking about some things, chewing on some topics that maybe you haven't considered and leave you in a posture to maybe reconsider things and want to go deeper and have some further conversation. So it's just kind of a, it is kind of my story and, and an opportunity to get readers curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so, but so my, good. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so the chapter BMI, but my identity, I feel like if I could go back now and rewrite it, I'd have a lot more to say because I feel like we're in more of an identity crisis now in 2023 than ever before. But um, that really came from the fact that from a body image perspective, so many of us are finding our identity in our size, our shape, the number on the scale. If we have an eating disorder, you know, so many of my clients are like, this is who I am. I don't know who I am without my eating disorder. I'm scared to let it go because this is all I know. And, and we just, I mean, and literally it's an identity crisis. We don't know who we are or whose we are. Mm-hmm. And um, so that chapter is really just encouraging readers to consider really to question, have I perhaps been placing my identity in something other than being a daughter of God? And if so, you know, how may I, um, again, reclaim that and place it into something else? Because again, like I said, we're not immune to this. And so if I find my identity in my pants size, I was thinking the other day, I have like five pairs of jeans, short, like either jeans or shorts that are literally all different sizes. And I'm like, what, how did the companies just get together to confuse everybody and do this? And they all fit. They're all different sizes and they all fit currently. And I think, my goodness, I'm so glad that I'm no longer in a place where my identity is in that, or I would be so confused (laughs) because they're all five telling me something different and they all five fit, but women are still in that bondage, you know? Um, And so I just want to help equip people to re to be aware of where they might be placing their identity and then reclaim it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I love that chapter. You've got a couple other really awesome like little chapter titles too. And I have to shout out the format. It was a quick read. I tore through it. It's just so nice to um um, I just, it felt like you were like talking to me through the pages and it was just very, um, very readable. And I hope to have you back to do that in book club at some point. That's a conversation yeah. for later. But yeah, I mean, just some of these are chapter titles really help to um, do what you're saying about like get people to think about things differently. Like uh, just, just for example, Jesus ate carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just love that. Like, that's not something you're you're really probably even thinking about. So, um, so yeah, like this is a this is a great resource. Um, and I totally think reclaiming the identity from the cultural places we've we've placed it in is like the first and most important like foundational work we all have to do here in this space of like healing 
our relationships with food and body image. And um, I'm just wondering if you could share a little bit about like, okay, like if we've recognized an identity issue, what are some ways we can wrestle through that and get to um, some first steps of like reorienting ourselves, recentering our lives, reforming our identity in Christ instead of in size or weight? How do we start? I think that's a really good question. And I I think about, you know, the concepts or the principles of intuitive eating and how people will say you have to make peace with food first. That has to be the foundation before the other stuff comes or especially before the gentle nutrition part comes. And I kind of think uh, like from a Christian perspective of like that identity piece has to come first. Um, before we talk about, and these are just my own personal thoughts, but like, before we start talking about, um, what does it look like to honor God with our bodies? I think there's been a lot of confusion and misconception within the church, like some self-punishing behaviors being encouraged in the name of self-discipline and honoring God and our bodies being a temple and all the things. So I think that our identity really has to come first as the foundation. And I love, I know you guys are studying um, Breaking Free from Body Shame as your book club. And I just love Jess Connolly's um, like things she gives you to consider of like, do I believe my body is good? That might not be, and I know y'all had a conversation with Rachel Gilbert too. I loved that conversation about that sometimes that doesn't sit well because it doesn't, our bodies don't always feel like they're good, even though we, you know, choose to place God's truth over our feelings. Um, but I love how she says, am I treating my body as a project thinking that at the end of the project, I can declare it good. Or do I believe that it is good because he's called it good, irrelevant of my feelings because they're, they're real, but not reliable. And, um, and then, everything I do with my body is an overflow of that belief or of that identity like we're talking about. So then I figure out, okay, my identity is in Christ. That's not going away based off what I'm eating or whether or not I'm moving. Now, how can I nourish my body in a way that is stewarding it well? How can I move my body or rest my body? I have three little kids right now and my um, exercise has looked very different over the last few years and, and prioritizing, prioritizing rest. And so figuring out how can I do all of these things in a way that is honoring to God and what is the difference between caring for my body, stewarding my body and punishing my body? What is the difference between conviction and shame, because I think they are two very different things. And I believe that conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And I think that shame is just really from the pit of hell. Straight from the pit of hell. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, girl, I'm like so trekking with you. I just had a conversation with a client that I've been working with for so long. We're, we're, we're in the slow working so hard on the identity piece and um she broke open breaking free from body shame and she just talked about exactly what you talked about like recognizing that she could actually make the choice to believe that her body was good it's such a powerful book it's so good and 
when we were talking, it brought me to Romans 12, which I feel like now I need to talk about. (laughs) Um, This foundation of knowing our identity, when we really know that, we know who we are in Christ. We know that our bodies are good because he says they are. Mm -hmm. With that in your brain, Romans 12, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By that testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm, That's really good. Diet culture doesn't get to decide. And when we're giving into that, those ideas that we need to be thin, that there's this certain way to look, that whatever that our identity is in our in in this in our behaviors or in this achieving this ideal body, um, it's all it's that's we're conforming to the yeah. world. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think you know the wrestling well comes in because. Um, you know, I think of like salt of the earth and with within the church, we're just as confused about this as the rest of the world, you know, and looking to the number to give us a sense of worth and identity and value and purpose. And like we hold the truth, but it's like it hasn't dropped from our head to our heart or we believe, well, that's true for other women, but not me. Or it's this legalistic. I have to like earn it. I I had a client recently saying, you know, I do believe Kristen. And again, I want to make the distinction of like what we believe versus what we feel, because I think our feelings are valid. And I love discussing feelings. I have lots of them, but, but I don't think they're always reliable. I tell people all the time, our feelings are real, but not, they're not always reliable. And we have to place God's truth over our feelings and over our opinions, because I don't feel fearfully and wonderfully made most days I wake up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, and I love how you've discussed in past conversations too. Like that verse actually isn't even about us. Like it's about God. And we should be thankful for that because then as an overflow, we understand our abundant worth, but, but this client back to what she was saying, she said, she was in tears saying, I believe that I am God's creation. And that he has called his creation good. And then I'm part of that. And I believe that I've spent my life messing it up. I've just ruined it. And no one had ever said that to me before. I always tell clients, there's nothing you could say that I haven't heard. And then I was like, oh, hadn't heard that one. And um, I said, you know what? That really sounds anti-gospel to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because that sounds like I have to clean myself up to present myself to Jesus. And the whole point of the gospel is your good works don't even clean you up, girl. Like (laughs) you can't do it. And thank goodness. um, It's all in what he's done. And once he's done it, we're transformed. We change. We don't stay where we're at. You know, it's part of the sanctification process, but there's hope in that, you know, of like, yes, you feel like you've ruined it. 
you know, I've had clients say, I feel like I'm carrying my sin, you know, around on my body, like this scarlet letter. And I want to validate, I want to sit with them in that, that I can't imagine how that must feel for them and the shame. And at the same time, it's anti-gospel to say, well, you've ruined it. Like, you know, sex for you. It's like, no, not <laughs> that powerful. Yeah, exactly. You are not that powerful. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, you guys are really on something here because this is uh, one of the things um, that I think a lot of women we've walked with have experienced in terms of um, grieving body size change that has come as a result of dieting and not in the direction they anticipated. Like that is a, oh, I've ruined myself mentality or I've um, behaved my way into a higher set point weight that they perceive as a failure. Mm-hmm. Just all of this, um, the the language I think you used, Kristen, of, of ruining something that was good. I think mm-hmm. um, that is just one of these lies that has just it's just here. I think we're all carrying it on some level of I've messed up somehow. Yeah. And like bl- self blame. I've see, I see a lot of that in this area. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, as you know, shame is just not motivating. Mm-hmm. And again, I think there is, I think conviction, there's something to be said about conviction, you know, of feeling convicted of, you know, maybe I've struggled with low energy this past year because, because I blame my children, but it's poor boundary setting, lots of things. (laughs) It's a different conversation, but you know, so there's conviction of like, okay, I could probably take a couple action, action steps that would improve my energy. Um, And there's conviction in that. I can Mm -hmm. be more present for the people around me, for the work that I do, all the things. And then there's shame. And so many of the women that I meet with in my office, they're just covered in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't, I think diet, uh, diet industries thrive off of it. Um, I, I think it was Laura. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Acuna. Acuna. Yeah. I just recently met her. Uh, and, uh, I think it was in y'all's episode with her though. She talked about like, that the diet industry literally profits off of our failure. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's so true. And our shame. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, conviction or like feeling some conviction or maybe even feeling a little guilt. Yeah. Yeah. That can, that can be from the Lord, right? Sure. Like I did sure. something wrong. I, I chose then or whatever that is, you know. Um, but shame is like you are wrong. You yes. are bad. Yeah. And that is not true because that's not your identity. Yeah. Yeah. That's not who you are in Christ. Aaron, like Aaron was saying, we've been bumping up against this. Yeah, I get that God created me good, but I screwed it up. Mm. Dieting or my eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hearing that a lot recently. And I just like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You know, I've just been talking about like, well, like, what haven't we screwed up? Exactly. Exactly. Like Um, we are constantly, we are like just sinful nature. We're constantly screwing stuff up. And we're also like constantly bumping into other people's sin and experiencing that. There's, you know, like we can, we can break down all the different things that can play into our body size. 
mm-hmm. the genetics, you know, all the things, so many things. And part of that might have been the diet cycling you did or the eating right, disorder. Right, right. Sure. But like that doesn't tell the whole story. Right. Right. And it certainly doesn't tell someone's heart posture. I'm learning that more and more of like you you can't guess someone's heart posture by their behaviors and but certainly not by their appearance mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it's interesting that you say that you're seeing that more and more and i think of um i've shared this a lot with clients the story of the woman that's caught in adultery adultery does it adultery anyways you know what i meant adultery, adultery. yeah <laughs> i think i combined two words um <laughs> And I think about like how awkward that must have been. Like if we really think about it, Jesus is walking in on a woman who is in bed with a dude that is not her husband. And that has got to be just like over the top awkward. And, you know, all of the people are saying, you know, let's stone her. Let's do all these things. And he's saying, okay. Whichever one of you is the first without sin, you throw the stone. And then I'm like, okay, it gets awkward again because it's quiet, I imagine. And everyone's like, well, I guess I'm just like going to go back to building, you know, making my tent or whatever they did in those days. And um, and then he, the, this precious words that he shares with her of like, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I just think like there's so much freedom in that. He's not saying like, you nasty girl, clean yourself up. He's not saying, keep sleeping with someone that's not your husband. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, go. You know, and I just think, wow, the freedom that's there. But we want to be like, no, I'm just going to stay in the bed a little bit longer and think about how awful of a person I am, <laughs> you know, and just sit in the shame and mm-hmm. feel like, let me at least like shower before I walk away from this town. And he's like, no, you can't, you actually can't do anything. Like just go and sin no more. And there's freedom in that. Yeah. Ooh, that was good. I love what you said that you can't tell heart posture by behavior or appearance. And that is something that I think is just really important. I want to highlight that and park on it because there's this thing that we're doing in the church where we're judging people and we think we can tell when someone is sinning by their behaviors or how they look. And now that (laughs) the pendulum has swung and a lot of women are kind of coming around to the the non-diet weight neutral approach for things, it's going on both ways. So depending on if you've recognized like I, and this is, I I will speak from my experience on this one. I, Aaron Todd (laughs) was an idolater and I was completely like idolizing body and weight and all that and food in in the restriction sense. Mm -hmm. And so after I, um, the Lord healed me and freed me and forgave me for all of that. And I laid that idol behind me and let it go and started walking this path. I started trying to see other people's idolatry and I thought I could recognize, oh, well, I can see you are way too into that diet and you are telling all your friends about it and you probably have the same heart problem that I had. And maybe, maybe that's right. But number one, 
shouldn't be looking and judging other people. Mm -hmm. And also, like, I'm just not in a position to know that. We can't know that. Even though I can see a behavior that looks like something I think I might know something about, or I can see an appearance that looks like something I think I might know something about, like, I do not see hearts. I cannot see hearts. Mm -hmm. That is between that person and the Lord. And for us to try and look at somebody's body size or what they're eating and judge sin or not sin, good or bad, anything like that, has got to stop yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And we can't seem to stop ourselves from doing it. And this is, I'm talking to intuitive eaters now too. We're looking at dieters like they're sinning. We we just don't know. And yeah. this desire to um, know somebody's heart so we can pass judgment on them is not for us. Yeah. We are not yeah. judges. And like, what is going on with them? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my goodness. What a mess, y'all. What a yeah. I think the more I, th- I think that's such a good point and really convicting, Aaron, the more I think about that, too, the more honestly, the more, you know, how the more you read into something, sometimes you get more confused. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me. Um, but, you know, I've had clients be like, well, is this a good idea or a bad idea? And I'm like, I actually don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Where is your heart in it? And it's becoming more and more of com- you know of a conversation of like, tell me what's the underlying motivation. I-, I don't know that I can tell you right now whether that or not that's appropriate or inappropriate because we're just discussing a behavior. Mm-hmm. So tell me more of like, where's your heart posture in this so that I can better understand and hopefully guide you. And then I've had women say, you know, I recognize this idolatry within myself. I have, you know, worked on changing my heart posture, allowing God to do the work in me. And I'm frustrated that it's, that it's celebrated that, you know, Mm -hmm. that this, this, um, again, we can't, like you said, Aaron, we can't, we can't assume that we know someone's heart posture when we just don't. And then there's the frustration of like, man, this is uh, this disordered way of thinking and living is celebrated. And I've, I've had a change in heart posture and I'm trying so hard to stay focused on my own race, my own lane. And I, I feel um, a bit discouraged that, that some of this is, is celebrated or um, admired. Yeah. I think that can be why it's so tricky to get into the practicals on a lot of these things. Like you mentioned earlier, like how do I actually honor God with my body? Like, what does that look like? And because of this heart issue that's underlying everything, we can't just look at a behavior or someone's appearance and know if they're honoring God because that isn't considering the heart or the mind. And so like how, how then, like where can we start for, Maybe it's something that's worked for you for like a self-examination or a little heart check you do or something like how do we check ourselves and and run that litmus test of like, is this behavior honoring to God or not? Like what what are some things that you could um, coach us through or talk us through for how to how to take that question to the Lord in prayer and kind of evaluate like, okay, I want to look at this behavior. I want to be intentional about me. So let's let's give an example here. Your yeah. rest time that you're working on. Kristen, talk mm-hmm. us through that as an example. How do you know uh, if you're honoring God and how you're resting for you in this season? 
I don't know if I'm the best example, Aaron, but I will tell you a conversation <laughs> on this exact topic that I had uh, with Shayla Daughtry. If, if you guys are familiar with her, she has a podcast called Move Your Body Differently. And I said, you know, I'm in this season with rest. I, I think to answer your question, then I'll go into this praying for a harder discernment. You're not mm-hmm. praying, God, help me lose weight. <laughs> You're saying, help me to discern um, whether I'm living in the flesh or the spirit in this. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is faithful to um, answer those prayers for discernment. Uh, you know, I'm kind of walking through right now of like, am I doing things for your glory or the Christian show? And having to constantly and be in check with like my heart posture. And um, but back to the rest thing. I had not given it a lot of consideration until I had this conversation with Shayla. And she said that for her, when she's getting to that time of day where she's tired and she's able to take a nap um, and deciding, like, do I take a nap? Do I not? She said, first, I asked myself, have I been in the word today? Not from a legalistic standpoint, but have I spent time in the word? She said, and then if I haven't, I try to be intentional about doing that, trusting that God is going to guide me with whatever time I have after that. If I have time after that, do I nap or do I, um, you know, for her, it was uh, engage in movement. And that was so powerful for me. me. It's really stuck with me because I thought, oh, well, gosh, I just lay down. (laughs) And I'm like, God bless it because I'm going to have to take a nap. And so that's been really um, just convicting for me to be wrestling with of like, uh, where is my heart posture and everything? I think there is a time for rest. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, that rest is God honoring. I mean, my goodness, he talks about rest. Same with food and, and things like that. And, it, you know, dresses a movement, movement some. Um, but rest can also be numbing. It can be avoiding. It can be inappropriate, distracting. Um, and so, this again, the same with food. I think it translates over into everything. Give me a heart for discernment. Mm-hmm. But I just want to go, well, I'm going to crawl in bed, God, and I hope that uh, I hope that you bless this time that I'm asleep. Uh, and really, but really thinking things through and asking for that heart of discernment. And I think that he's faithful to give you clarity on it. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Can I, I want to confess, I think I've talked about this before, but I just want to like call it out for truth, like what it is. When I was first like in freedom, walking intuitive eating, I have, I have a rebellious heart. Like Mm -hmm. I get pretty rebellious. Right. So I really got stuck in the trap of like, I was no longer eating the correct things for diet culture. I was doing everything to say, screw you, diet culture. Mm -hmm. Right. Which was not helpful for me, not honoring to the Lord, not intuitive eating. Right. But like, so there was a time for me that when, if somebody was trying to say like, I'm thinking about this behavior or, you know, this food or this decision, if it, you know, could have been deemed diet culture in any way, I was no, 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 you know, don't do that. Like that's diet culture. 
Um, oh, it's hard to say that out loud. It's hard mm. to say that out loud, right? Um, but, but relatable. Yeah, we can only take people as far as we are, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, now so much of the conversations are like, well, I don't know, like, how do you feel about that thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how do you feel? What do you think the Lord is saying about that thing? And what's your intention behind it? And what's your motivation? And we really want this like one way, right or wrong, black or white. This is how you do it. This is what it looks like. This is good. This is bad. But there are like so many things that are nuanced in the Bible. Like Jesus doesn't tell us you can't eat that or don't do this or that like it all comes back down to what's your heart posture? Why are you doing what you're doing? What's yeah. your motivation behind that? Yeah. So I love that, that prayer for discernment in all of those things. If you're having that question, right. Of, Oh, like, I kind of liked that or, you know, maybe I want that behavior in my life. That's your prayer right there. A prayer for discernment of what's my motivation. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Even just like framing it that way of like, I'm having to think about this a lot and I want to set it and forget it. And it's like, no, that's to me that that's like the, the process of wrestling, like what we've been talking about the whole time. Like I'm turning this over in my mind. I'm taking it to the Lord in prayer. I'm taking it to him again tomorrow in prayer. I'm checking my heart on it. It's like, it's in process. I'm not settled on it. I'm seeking. And I think a lot of times we do get to a place where we hit peace with something and, or he gives us clarity or gives us an answer, but there's a lot of this gray area and nuance and we're just so conditioned to want it black and white and easy and now and yesterday. And it's like, no, this is a lot of work. (laughs) Sometimes you have to wrestle it out. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's so good. Okay. Well, Kristen, we can't let you go without you um, telling telling everybody about um, a little bit more about Wonderfully Made Nutrition Counseling, your business, um, where where people can find your book, where they can find you online, and about um, the conference you put on in Texas. So tell us uh, tell us all the news, all the things. Yeah. So um, again, my practice is called Wonderfully Made Nutrition Counseling, uh, and it is in Dallas, Texas. Uh, It's me and then Kate. She works at my practice with me and she's a solid believer as well and just as passionate about the work. And um, so we treat individuals with eating disorders, disordered eating, um, chronic dieting, body image concerns, all of all of those things from a non-diet approach, non-scale focused approach. And then, as you mentioned, uh, my book, Unworthy Weight, that can be found on my website, which is uh, www.wonderfullymadenutritioncounseling.com. It can also be found on Amazon. And uh, our conference is called In His Image. It's our fifth year to have the conference. It's a body image conference for teen girls and women. And um, we're really excited this year. We're going to be in Dallas. We're going hard on testimonies and giving people the opportunity to share their stories. We're going to hear from a mom and a daughter sharing their story from um, both perspectives. We're going to hear from a men's panel 
talking about things related to um, pornography and intimacy and um, how uh, how the men in our lives can help with validation and understanding and coming alongside us and pointing us to truth. We're going to have a male therapist part of that conversation. And so um, really excited to hear his perspective. We met this morning to kind of talk through things. Uh, we're going to have someone share her testimony about um having uh, exercise as an idol in her life and how what's God is teaching her through that. We're going to have Rachel Gilbert, who is on y'all's show. She'll be our keynote speaker this year. And we're going to do a podcast mashup. So we're going to have Brittany Braswell and Heather Creepmore and uh, another guest speaker come and kind of do a talk show like setting without the politics. And uh, so we're really excited. We're really excited. And um, our heart each year is that people would leave the conference with seeds being planted and they would go to their homes, their workplaces, their schools, their youth groups, their church communities, and they would start having these conversations and they would start figuring out what does it look like for us to wrestle well. So if any of your listeners are interested, if you go to wonderfullymadenutritioncounseling.com, you can buy the uh, virtual access from 2020, 2021, and 2022, they were all recorded. And then this year's conference will be recorded as well. Um, not live, but um, individuals can register for a recording of the event after the fact and uh, watch it at their own pace. And that doesn't go away from the website. So they're able to register for that at, at any time. That is so wonderful. I'm so glad you're doing that and offering the virtual access for people that can't make it to Texas. That it sounds like an incredible event. I'm so glad you are doing yep. that. And I just applaud your obedience and hard work for putting an event together. I know that's got to be uh, really challenging, but it sounds incredible. Yeah. It's very stressful, but each year I'm like, I'm done. And then God's like, no, <laughs> no, a little not. more. And I'm like, I'm done. And then God's like, but probably not. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, that's so good. Oh, yeah, thank you so right. much, Kristen. This has been this has been fantastic. Um, we're going to wrap so up with some rapid fire questions, though. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So we have to ask: coffee or tea, and how do you take it? Coffee, one hundred percent. Lots of cream, and I'm fine with even a little coffee, but lots of cream. Okay. okay. And that is post diet culture. I would have had a much different answer for you. It tastes so much. Ah, better. Yes. <laughs> As most people do. That's why it's one of our favorite questions. Like yeah. liberating. You get to drink your coffee how you <laughs> yeah. want to drink it. Yes. Okay. You mentioned um, the eating disorder kind of happening in junior high. And I want to know what you were listening to in junior high. Like what were you rocking out to in your room? Oh my goodness. People are not going to be interested in following me if I say this. But um, Aaron Carter was on my wall at the time. Uh, <laughs> Um, that's kind of embarrassing. Uh, but I mean, I was, I was big in St. Backstreet Boys type of girl. Uh, but Aaron Carter was a hundred percent on a poster on my wall in, um, middle school. I love it. I love it. Do you <laughs> like sports? Do I like sports? Do you like sports? Oh gosh. My husband would say, no, she doesn't. Uh, if I liked sports, I would like basketball. Okay. Um, because of my lack of ability in sports, I'm not as interested. I love the social aspect. I would love to go to basketball with someone and talk to them the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I love <laughs> it. Okay. So you're an extrovert. Yeah, I would say people so. gives you energy. Yes and no. 
This is very energy giving. Yes and no. Depends on the conversation and the people. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, How's your favorite way to move right now? Oh, that's a good one too. If you would have caught me like six weeks ago, I would have said walking in my neighborhood. I'm really getting into strength training recently and um, have, speaking of checking heart posture, I've had to kind of walk through that um, for the first time in my life it's enjoyable. And I'm kind of like, what is this? Um, Hmm. yeah, so it's been cool. I was able to pick up a, um, a bucket of water balloons the other day for my kids. And I was like, Oh, this is a little easier than usual. So, so I'm liking it. That's so good. And I know this changes all the time because seasons with our kids is just like rapid fire changing. Um, but what's your favorite thing to do with your kids right now? Oh gosh, I want to say nap, but that's not my that's not my answer. That's not my answer. Okay, if it is, it's a sweet time. Well, I'm, let me tell you about something that really is fun in our home right now. I, so I have three kids, one, three, and five. And we've started this tradition where we do air mattress nights. So every Friday, the kids can come out of their rooms and sleep on an air mattress. And so we kind of do a camp inside the house situation. We actually have two of their tents up right now in the living room. Uh, And so we just call it air mattress night. And my husband and I aren't even super involved. It kind of, they entertain themselves with it, but it's just, they, they ask how many sleeps until air mattress night. So (laughs) I love that. That is so fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kristen. This has been such a joy. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love the work that y'all are doing. I can't recommend you enough to all of my clients and everyone I come into contact with. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Would you do us the honor of closing us out in prayer today? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Um, Dear God, I thank you so much for these women, Lord, and just the work that they are doing, speaking boldly for your name and just having a passion for setting the captives free and putting their shield of faith um, in front of other women who maybe aren't to the same place yet and just helping to protect them from the arrows of the enemy. And um, I just thank you for the reminder that we're not alone. So often this work can feel lonely and isolated and we feel like the only one that is carrying this message or this belief, but conversations like this, Lord, just remind us that we're not alone and um, that collaboration is God honoring. And so I just thank you for this time today. I pray that it would be an encouragement to the listeners, Lord, that it would start fruitful conversations in their homes um, and that they would begin to learn what it means to wrestle well. I pray that all of the glory would go to you and that we would be convicted when we are um, hanging on to it for ourselves. Forgive us when we fail you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This episode of Intuitive Eating for Christian Women was brought to you by our membership. Practicing intuitive eating in a sea of diet culture can feel like swimming against the current. It's so common to feel lonely. It's so easy to get frustrated. You need a safe place where you can catch your breath. You need a place to come and be refreshed. You need community. We need it too. We all need it, no matter where we are on our journeys. And that's why we created the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women membership. This is the safe place for you to be seen and heard, your face, your voice, with other Christian women who are on the same journey with you. 
Come connect on weekly community calls and connect in our private app that is off social media. Come share your struggles and receive support. Come celebrate your victories and encourage others. Find the accountability and extra resources you need to walk this out and grow in your faith. You can explore everything that we have to offer in the membership and try out your first month for just $1. Come learn more about the membership over on our podcast website, intuitiveeatingforchristianwomen.com slash membership. Come and discover the power of community for yourself. We hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening today. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.